Hello, and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where we dissect and correct the TV advertisements that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Al, and I'm here with my co-host, Courtney. Al, I've had one and a half beer. I've had a burger and a shake and some wings. And Al, I have a massive yeast infection. I'm ready to go. Yeah, well, it sounds like you are ready to go for this episode. I'm ready to party. Oh, my God. I'm not. It's very painful. Yeah, okay. Well, I believe you. It's fine. We're good. I got something down there. Something's going an ex- on. An extra pillow. Some kind fine. of party. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, the problem with my downstairs is just there's just so much going on at all times. If something new happens, I'm not aware. Well... This episode is going to rock you, then. Is it really? (laughs) Like a hurricane? Like a hurricane. I'm so excited. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to start with a question. I love your questions. What would you say your aesthetic is? Ooh, that, like, that's a very deep question. Yeah. Should I talk about my, like, my peak aesthetic or, like, what I think I actually am? Peak. We're we're talking peak peak aesthetic here. Guy Freddy. Guy Fieri? Yeah, Fieri. Fietti. 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 Yeah, that's, that's my your... peak. I want to be, I want to be uh, bleach blonde, mm-hmm. glasses, back of my head. Yeah. Berg, one hand. Berg, other hand. Eating the two Bergs. Lots of flames, vibe, so, kind of a, kind of an upside down visor oh, thing. So many flames. I want one of those shirts so bad. Yeah, that's my um, cargo pants. And inside the cargo pants, more Bergs. That's a peak aesthetic. Yeah. That's what I want. I love that. What's yours? My aesthetic is, I think you've referred to me as um, uh, Himbo Rugrats, <laughs> which is kind of my, I think, my aesthetic. Sorry, I know clapping's bad, but <laughs> you got me. It was. Yeah, yes, yeah. you are. I mean, I love a, a colorful pair of shorts. I love a color block shirt. I love a big sweater. You're the... Gay adult Chucky Finster. Oh, that is a hell of an aesthetic. You got the glasses. You got the red hair. Uh Uh-huh. I got it all, baby. (laughs) (laughs) He wishes he was you. When Chucky Finster grows up, he will have his dad's little pencil mustache, and it'll be so gay. (laughs) You're working on that one, I'm working on it. We're getting there. Oh, oh, please, boy. please, uh, creeps, tweet at us what your aesthetic is. Yeah, we must. We simply must must know. know. Okay, aesthetic, where does it come from? Uh, I don't know. Italian philosopher and Catholic saint Thomas Uh Aquinas expanded (laughs) on the original theories on art and beauty first proposed by classical antiquity-era thinkers like Plato and Aristotle. Wait, Plato? Plato, Plato. (laughs) I don't think this is a tomato, tomato. 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 I don't think... (laughs) I don't think this is a potato to potato, potato... Look, I'm going to get Dan Quayle in here. and Podato. Gonna... <laughs> Socrates. <laughs> okay, Plato. He Pla- was here. Yeah, yeah Plato and Aristotle. They yeah. kind of had the original thoughts. And then uh, in the medieval area, in the medieval era, yeah. Thomas, Tommy, Tommy Tom, Tommy A came along. St. Tommy A. You um, warned me that your vibe is a little <laughs> bit low, but you're just skyrocketing. <laughs> You are rocketing here. I'm very tired, but I also know the material is good. Okay. Okay. St. Tommy A. Defined (laughs) beauty as that which gives pleasure when seen. Oh. I like that. Yeah, I think it's good. 
It's I think I, it's good. This is when I pop a bow and every time I see a nice toyed ass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what he meant. Okay. <laughs> uh, in that era, beauty was primarily seen as being recognized through sight and hearing. But in modern times, I think we can agree that there are multiple ways to perceive aesthetically pleasing elements of life, not even necessarily centered in our five senses. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Mm. You're talking about that sixth sense? Yeah. The dead people. Ghosts. <laughs> mm, they're aesthetically pleasing to my bone. Hot ghosts. <laughs> so the standards of beauty were laid out into four main criteria, each one prompting a question of consideration in regards to the object in discussion. Okay. Sort of an early version of, is it hot? Does it look fresh? Are you proud to serve it? Wow. <laughs> but more like, does it exist? Is it proportionate? And how close is it to the platonic ideal of the type of thing that it is? Now that's funny because if you apply that to like furry art yeah that you hit a little bit of a roadblock so what were the four questions well there's there, uh, the, the the new ones or the old ones no the ones that you just said does it exist i mean the animal the furry the, it's but the, the art. art yes oh that's rule 34 baby yeah. right <laughs> because the question is like if it doesn't exist it's not beautiful ipso facto Oh, I hate philosophy. <laughs> okay, yeah. Does furry art exist? Oh, yeah. Is it proportionate? Well, I've seen some of those, like, cow titties. And they're huge. <laughs> I don't know if it is proportionate. Okay. I, hey, we can leave it up in the air. Okay. And how close is it to the platonic ideal of the type of thing that it is? Like, if it's a tree, does it look the most like the tree that you think of when you think of a tree? I'm going back to the furry art. If that's a fox, I mean, foxes don't have sweet set of racks on them so i don't wow this is hard <laughs> this is real hard and that is the intention okay but the more that you kind of read through this old ass philosophy aesthetic shit the yeah. more it kind of starts to feel a little ableist it starts to feel a little yeah. weird so i want to propose a new theory of aesthetics for me Ooh. saint al ross <laughs> the gay one. The gay one. So aesthetics, in my opinion, is when you look at an object or a painting or a person or a small dog wearing an outfit. Yeah. And something inside of you goes, boy, yo, 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 yoing. <laughs> and that might be your heart. It might be your genitals. It might be your gender or something else entirely. I get that. I love a gender feel. I love, you know, sometimes I just send you a picture. I'm like, this is gender. That is, <laughs> that's so gender, baby. And I pop a gender boner over here. I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> So, yeah, I think there are lots of ways to perceive something aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I like that. And the important thing is that something inside of you reacts to it in a special way. They got to grant you sainthood over here. I know. Come on, Catholics. Don't be cowards. <laughs> they got to canonize me. They got to canonize me. <laughs> don't you have to Ooh, do... Canonize me, Daddy. Oh, well. <laughs> I was going to carry on this conversation, but I can no longer. Oh, you're done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> of course, uh, like I mentioned, finding something aesthetically pleasing doesn't have to hinge on sexual or romantic urges. The idea that cultural aesthetic ideals don't always equal fuckability yeah. is explored by R.S. Benedict for Blood Knife Magazine in an article <sighs> called Everyone is Beautiful and No One is Horny. Wow. Wow. That's a mood. I know. Everyone's um, beautiful, but no one's horny. As someone with a horrible yeast infection, I understand you, this. You vibe with this. Uh -huh. uh, so this article remarks that as film characters have become more buff and bewitching, yeah. they've also become less overtly sexual. That's true. There's something deeply ironic about the unhealthy links gone to to achieve a form of athleticism that audiences can fetishize while trading in wet thighs for dead eyes. 
Yeah, because, like, the Marvel boys. The, those Marvel boys. They're chiseled. They're chiseled, but they don't have any chemistry. I ju- they're just Ken dolls. Like, they're just and that's fine. of plastic. They're fine. Not for me, though. Yeah. Not um, horny for this one. Actually, an example that Benedict gives is um, they compare the lack of chemistry between 2017's Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor, both ostensibly chiseled from fine marble. Who's Steve? He was the, he was the man that Wonder Woman oh, um, I don't met. Remember. And, and, uh, I don't remember. I, look, yet. I didn't see the film. You didn't? It was very bad. I didn't go to see it at the cinema. I did. It was awful. <laughs> I get it. Benedict compares them to 1986's Dorothy Valens and Jeffrey Beaumont, the protagonist of David Lynch's Blue Velvet. <gasps> oh, wow. Because while Dot and Jeff didn't have the glossy, ripped visages that we've come to expect from Hollywood hunks and hotties, one thing is undeniable. They absolutely fucked. Can you imagine if David Lynch did a superhero movie? Mm. It would fuck us all up, huh? Oh, yeah. We'd be like, <laughs> um... Not a a tight ass to be seen. (laughs) I highly recommend reading Benedict's essay linked in our sources to see how, A, a minor shift in BMI, a fake concept with no bearing on physical health, as well as B, 9-11, have contributed to this journey from a raw appetite for messy mains to a puritanical ideal of physically overfit but sexually aloof Hollywood idols. Al, I gotta, I've been thinking about something. Yeah? And you just kind of proved it already. I think all of our episodes are connected. How so? Well, if you'll... I'm going to wheel out this this map of episode names and red string. Oh, you've been working on this for a while. <laughs> because I think we mention a lot of the same things within our, within our episodes, like 9-11 and Afghanistan and, like plastics. Yeah. And like certain certain presidents maybe. <laughs> Almost presidents. Almost presidents. And it just it seems like I'm it seems like there is a specific way you could listen to our podcast where each one would connect to the one before. Oh. But I haven't figured it out yet. You you've got to work on the podcast mind map. <laughs> I'm sure someone out there could do that for a us. A special listening order. Yeah, the the Afghanistan section is growing by the minute. <laughs> it sure is. 9/11. Boy howdy. Ooh. Ooh. Well, uh, we're going to dive into somewhere that I don't think we've been thoroughly yeah. before, but I think we've probably touched on. So we're, st- okay. We're starting a new road. We're, yeah, we're extrapolating on what we've just discussed. Okay. So there are a handful of people that we find aesthetically pleasing while also knowing that statistically speaking, they're extremely likely to fuck or have fucked. Yeah. I'm speaking, of course, of the humble MILF, DILF, and gender neutrally, PILF. <laughs> PILF? Parent. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking of something else. Oh, never mind. Okay, I won't worry about it. You shouldn't. <laughs> the feminine form, MILF, is the first form of this phrase, first popularized by the 1999 film American Pie. Oh. In which it was used to describe a character played by Jennifer Coolidge, known colloquially as Stifler's mom. How did you research this? Did you literally just put in first MILF in your Google? <laughs> Yeah, but then the, a whole movie came up about, uh, you know, what if the president's wife was a MILF? And <laughs> Did you also Google number one MILF? <laughs> what did you Google? I don't know, but I'm going to write the movie first MILF oh now. My- <laughs> <laughs> what if the president's wife what? was hot? <laughs> I'd watch it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> We'd all watch it. We'd all watch first MILF. 
So that was the first time that it sort of appeared in pop culture. Wow. But the term was first academically recorded what? by linguist Lauren A. Sutton, who sourced a list of nine terms for attractive women from undergrads at Berkeley in the spring of 1992. Berkeley, you're at it again. <laughs> Berkeley's back Wait. at it. Oh, yeah, it was the green M&Ms. Berkeley. Berkeley. Wow. The mind map grows. Oh, I gotta get more string. <laughs> so that's where MILF, that's where this, the, the whole, whole sort of ILF ilk evolved. Ilf. The ILF family. Yeah. Um, but following the entropy of the universe, the the term MILF has evolved into a variety of, of terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we come to the humble DILF. I like the Dadelf. The Dadelf. The Disney dad I want to fuck. Now, you did introduce <laughs> me to an Instagram called Dilfs of Disney. Yeah. Uh, and it's good. <laughs> it's great. Folks, it's good. Mm. <laughs> oh, We love those Disney Dilfs. We love the Dadelfs. <laughs> We're a fan. And, uh, okay, so a purist would tell you that a Dilf must be three things. Okay. A man. A okay. father. Yeah. Someone you'd actually like to fuck. Yeah. However, okay. yeah. modern queer readings have turned this rigid criteria into a more hetero-flexible understanding of what a DILF is, was, or could be. I mean, I'm standing right here. You are standing right here. And I have been told I am one. Oh. Right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, just well, letting you know. I don't, I mean, I appreciate that. I can appreciate You can that. interview me about it if you want. I don't feel oh, that okay. I need to. No. Um, really... Really take the motor off of my boat, huh? <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. Oh, boy. So uh, from our sort of modern understanding of the DILF, a DILF exudes mask energy by nature, but their gender isn't concrete. Correct. Uh, similarly, a DILF doesn't need to be a biological or adoptive father as long as they bring dad vibes. Yes, Whether, I'm all about that. Yeah, and it could be from pet ownership, maintenance of a dad bod, yeah. or simply bring in a dad vibe to the group hang. Love it. How many dads do you think we have in our group? Are we just all a bunch of dads? I think we're all dads and geography wow. teachers. And uncles. Yeah. You got uncle energy. I, I have uncle Yeah, you have uncle energy. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of our friends have uncle energy. For sure. <laughs> and then, yeah, of course, the question of fuckability. Yeah. Uh, in this postmodern queer approach, we acknowledge that sexual attraction is not necessary in order to clock a DILF. Yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. It's just like an intensity. It's a, there's, yeah. It's an intensity. It's not necessarily you want to fuck them. No. But like that, their aura is screwable. <laughs> if amber is the color of their energy, I'm down. <laughs> I love a screwable aura. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so. I'm really excited to where this is going. Are you? I am hyped up. Can I tell you? You fucking should be. Oh! Okay, but who... I mean, I, I'm going through the Rolodex of, like, potential. mascots. Yeah, potential DILFs. And I got a couple, mm. but, like, and then I have some forbidden ones. Forbidden DILFs? Yeah, I mean, the Quaker Oats guy. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. No Puritan DILFs. But what if, though? No. How about a quilf? A Quaker? <laughs> there are no quilfs for me in there's this world. There's none. There's none. I, no. There's none. There's not a Quaker that I would personally like to fuck. Okay. I just one second. I just got, just pause. Okay. Tyler. Tyler, I'm talking to you. Please make us a shirt that says quilf with the Quaker Oats guy winking. Thank you. I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. Al, Al's, sorry, 
I was here too. They're they're okay with it. <laughs> oh. Okay, so DILF theory can actually be deconstructed even further to break down the last of the purest barriers. Okay. Because truly, a DILF need not even be human. Okay. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Here's the thing. Okay. (laughs) Al just told me we're going to go on a road trip. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a fast car. I'm going to fill it full of gas because I'm going to hit that pedal hard, going to get some snacks. (laughs) And then Al's like, wait, turn down this road. That's not a road. (laughs) And I am terrified to take that left, my friend. This is the part of Thelma and Louise where I make you pull over so I can fuck Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just shrugging in the car. Okay. <laughs> sure. Not a human. Well, there goes all my theories. Well, here's the thing. There are a plethora of characters that are universally considered hot despite the species gap. One, the fox from Disney's Robin Hood. Yeah, the, 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 the furry herd round the world. Two, that yoked tiger from Zootopia. <laughs> Three, <laughs> Bambi's dad. This yoked tiger from Zootopia. Yeah, he's okay. big. He's wait, on a ba- wait, hold on. Wait, hold on, hold on. Bambi's dad? Have you seen Bambi's dad lately? Is Bambi... <laughs> wait, the deer? Yes. I don't think they're human. You look him up. Okay. You look up his digits. Do I have to see it's like Bambi, like anthropomorphized? No, no, just Bambi's dad from the movie. Pure as the driven snow on which he stands. Bambi's dad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to amplify that noise times 20. First of all, his name is the Great Prince of the Forest. Uh, Yeah, it is. I'm going to throw my phone away. <laughs> Bambi's dad. Well, yeah, we're here, folks. And then, of course, the fourth on my list, the fish from Finding Nemo that's voiced by Willem Dafoe. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, the one with the scar. Yeah. I get it. Uh-huh. I wouldn't call it a dilf, though. I think he's a dilf. Really? Yeah. Oh. But I would like to bring you now. Oh. <sighs> Gently but firmly. Well. (laughs) To advertising's most prolific DILF. Oh. And that's an animal. Mm. Are we talking... Tony? We're talking Tony, baby! (laughs) (laughs) He's here! He's here! Tony! Tony. Wow. (gasps) It's Tony time. Is this... Are we going to talk about the time where he, like, talked to furries on Twitter? Oh, wow! wow. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. (laughs) Oh, my seat, she's wet. She's wet, and you do not want to go down there. (laughs) Bambi's dad on speed dial. (laughs) Listen. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Tell you what, I see him. I'm not going stag. Whoa. What's up? (laughs) This has turned into a real, like, fucking animal house situation. (laughs) The animals are in the house, and we are fucking them. (laughs) In 1952, Tony the Tiger was chosen as the mascot for Frosted Flakes over three competing contemporaries. Ooh. Katie the Kangaroo. Oh. Elmo the Elephant. Oh. And Newt the New. 
Gnu. 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 That's like a bird, right? It's like a big gold bird. But those aren't hot animals. No. Do you find there's like hot animals? Yes. (laughs) I guess that's another red string. The 9-11 horses. Yes. Yes. The Clydesdales. Another red string. Pulling apart. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. After being chosen, Tony was developed further by Chicago's infamous ad agency, Leo Burnett. And at that point, he sort of started becoming the friendly, boastful man we know today. Mm. His deep bass tone was mm. solidified over five decades by voice actor Thurl Ravenscroft. <laughs> Whoa! Say that name again? Thurl Ravenscroft. Wow. Yeah, baby. Is he still voicing him? No, he okay. died. Oh, he died. Well, five, what did you say? Five decades. Wow. So he was the voice of uh, Tony for 50, 50 years. 50 years. Mm-hmm. Holy jumping. That's a job. It is. That's a hell of a job. Wow. A magnanimous mascot, Tony has appeared on the cover of Italian GQ and in 1974 was declared the year of the Tiger's Tiger of the Year. (laughs) That's not a joke. That happened. I'm just going back to the GQ stuff. Yeah. Wow. He was on Italian GQ. You gotta you gotta put that in, in the in the in the Twitter. I can't I find can, a picture you of it. You can't? No. It's probably wiped from the internet. <laughs> so much is. Did the ask the furries. Do the furries know? Maybe. They must. They must, they must they know. They must must. So Tony, the ultimate Dilf, does he fulfill the categories? I mean well. Mask energy? Oh yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And fatherhood. I mean, he tells kids to eat cereal. And I think that's one of the pillars. Eat eat a good breakfast, children. Tony does exude powerful dad vibes. Yeah. But you may still be surprised to learn that he is, in fact, a father. Well, what? What? Like, Mm -hmm. he has little tiger lips? Uh Uh-huh. So is he, like, a part-time? Is he a weekend dad? I don't know. Okay. In the 1970s, yeah. as Kellogg's began to introduce more humanity into this frosted feline, okay. they also gifted him with a family and an Italian-American cultural background. What? Oh, yeah. He's Italian-American. Holy moly. A series of commercials welcomed us into his home to meet his mother, Mama Tony, his wife, Mrs. Tony, daughter, Antoinette, and son, Tony Jr. I didn't really equate him to being Italian with that name, but now I get it. Mama Tony. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. I think I can. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think I'm well within my rights. Okie dokie. <laughs> well, Mama Tony is the stereotypical Italian mother. Yeah. And Tony Jr. was responsible for selling frosted rice, a flake derivative what? in puff rice form. Whoa. I know. I'm blowing your mind. Wow. Frosted rice? Frosted rice. That doesn't sound right. But it was real. I guess. I mean, it would have to be. I don't know. I need the alliteration in my cereal. That's fair. Mm. But all commercials featuring Mrs. Tony and Antoinette seem to have been scrubbed from the internet. (gasps) Wow. That said, there is a clue to the father-daughter relationship between Tony and Antoinette on the AdMascotsFandom.com page, where Tony's personal information reads as such. Yeah. Enemies. Antoinette. Parentheses. Daughter. Interests, frosted flakes, sports, sportiness, fitness, toughness, bravery, performance, hating his daughter Antoinette. What? Antoinette's punishment days. No. Bullying his daughter Antoinette. <laughs> grounding his daughter Antoinette. Disinterest, underperformance, unfitness, cowardice, loving his daughter Antoinette, ungrounding his daughter Antoinette. 
This is getting into the toxic masculinity stuff. I don't know what was in that fucking commercial. <laughs> but I cannot find it. Do the furries have a copy? This is what we need to know. This is like a very national treasure thing where we know it's probably in like the Smithsonian. Oh, yeah. Or the National Archives. It's in there. They're just not releasing the tapes. Yeah. We got to go rescue it. Come on, cowards. <laughs> Get us the Antonia tapes. <laughs> But whatever complicated familial trauma lies between Tony and Antoinette will remain buried until Kellogg sees fit to open the vault. But when it comes to matters of Tony, they play things very tight to the chest. Okay. Because while Tony's modern form emanates ultimate DILF energy, yes. the serial conglomerate is hesitant to capitalize on the heartthrob hype. In the mid-2010s, the official Twitter account at RealTonyTiger began blocking its thirstier followers for their unwanted advances. Yes, I remember this. When this was met with backlash, the at Frosted underscore Flakes account tweeted this on January 28th, 2016. I'm all for showing your stripes, feathers, etc., but let's keep things great and family-friendly if you could. <laughs> Cubs could be watching. Smiley face emoji. <laughs> and then the fucking... <laughs> Gay communities like, yeah, we're watching. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but this request fell on unwilling ears. Yeah. Because on the week of July 9th, 2018, oh God, yes. at Real Tony Tiger disappeared from Twitter. <gasps> with Kellogg's focusing brand advertising onto the frosted underscore flakes Twitter instead. The only sign that Tony had ever had a dedicated Twitter presence in the first place is a plethora of replies like these. <laughs> I'm not a furry, but damn, real Tony Tiger got cake. You do have cake. Hey, Mr. Tony the Tiger, are your flakes frosted? I just want to suck your dick, please. <laughs> Fill me up with your frosted flakes, daddy. Okay, this is for children. Frost my ass, dad. <laughs> no, I have said mm. that one before. And my personal favorite. Mm. Tony, please put your whiskers in my ass. <laughs> Yeah, whiskers. Yeah. Oh, I tiger. didn't notice. I haven't noticed. Yeah, you're too busy looking at that cake. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. So the furries bullied him off the internet? They sure did. Oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Beautiful work. So in the interest of following Tony's wishes. Yeah. Instead of showing you a commercial of his rippling bod and deep captivating catchphrase. Yeah. I'm going to show you Tony with his sweet boy, Tony Jr. And maybe some of you horn dogs will think twice before propositioning a hardworking father on Twitter.com. <laughs> yeah. Stop bullying him, furries. <laughs> Though I did hear that the Trix Rabbit said, hey, you can... Uh, I'll take it. You can tweet it at me. <laughs> anytime. That... Ugh, more like Trix Twink. <laughs> He wishes. <laughs> we gonna see baby a yeah, baby. You ready to see Tony Jr.? Yeah. Okay, let's get a load of this dilf. We'll return after these messages. Gee, Pop, is this where they're gonna give you five hundred dollars? Yep. All I have to do is ride a mama bull. Name? Tony the Tiger. What outfit from Tiger? Sugar Frosted Flakes by Kellogg's out of Battle Creek. Never heard of it. Never heard of sugar-frosted flakes? Those big, crisp flakes of corn with that secret toasted-in sugar frosting? They're great! Uh-huh. We'll see how great. Next, Tony the Tiger from Sugar-Frosted Flakes riding Bone Crusher, the Brahma Bull. B-b-bone Crusher? Brahma? I thought it was Mama! <laughs> oh, no! 
don't you stay on, Pop? I just sang him a Brahma's lullaby, Junior, and promised him some sugar-frosted flakes. They're great. Welcome back to the show. <sighs> okay. How are we feeling? Well, first of all, this is a commercial with one of my favorite things, which is a cartoon over live action. Mm. Love that. Uh, Tony and what's the baby's name? Tony okay. Jr. Oh, to- of course. Of course. Mm. Of course. Um, they're at a rodeo. Bold choice. And <laughs> one of the lines that I cannot get out of my head is Tony is signing up to ride a, quote, mama bull? A mama bull. I guess, well. <laughs> okay. It's a little play on words. It's a little play on words. And that's. That is purely what reads Dilf energy to me. Mm. Yeah. He's going to ride that mama bull. He's going to ride that mama bull. Hey, daddy's here. <laughs> and I'm going to ride it. And the so he's up at the table, at the stampede table. And it seems like this guy is very disinterested that, A, Tony the tiger is here. Tony the tiger. The, don't you know? And and B, it's, it's a literal. Like, he's a... He's a, a, a human man. He's, he's a human man. Yeah. Um, and then he gives him the, he gives him the form and he's writing a Brahma bull, which <laughs> I thought they were pretty chill. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Think I don't know ride. anything about different. I think it was just, look, here's the thing. I think the Kellogg's people, they're like just writing puns. They're not doing a lot of rodeo <laughs> research. No. He rides it. He has a hard time. <laughs> He's got. He's having a bit. A he's bit of. He's having a, a little thing. He's having a day. And then my second favorite part of this is uh, he gets off and gets off. And <laughs> Tony Jr. is like, "You okay, Pop?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just gave this bull some frosted flakes." And the bull has a little mouth on him, <laughs> a little cartoon mouth. He's like, "Yeah, those were delicious. Thank you." And that was that was it. That was it. From Battle Creek. From Battle Creek. Love it. This is our second Kellogg's episode. Red string. Red string. All the way down. Um how do I feel about the 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 little tiger? Tony Jr. Yeah. I don't know. See, I think this is back when you had like the the scrappy do phenomenon. Kind of, yeah, thing, yeah. And the what's it, boo boo, boo boo? And Yogi? Yes. The little guy. The little guy nobody likes. The little guy is there because he's slightly smarter than the big guy. And he's there, well, like you and I. I was going to (laughs) say, I... I saw your smile. I think that I might be the scrappy-doo of this podcast. Wow. No, you're boo-boo. Aww. Um... And it that means it suffers, because I'm not... I don't want to watch a cartoon or a commercial with like just a normal cartoon character yeah i want a wacky you got to have someone that's more like zhuzhed up Mm -hmm. tony's got attitude tony jr he's just there just a little guy yeah he's (laughs) boobified i mean (laughs) boobified sorry Oh my god! Uh, uh, yeah, and I, there are also commercials just with Tony Jr. Um, really? You know How about ca- the rice, hawking frosted yeah. rice. To, Those are probably um, kids. boring, right? Uh, they're not. Well, that I mean, I didn't choose one, did I? No, no, no. Because that because this is Tony is what you're looking for. Tony's your money maker. He's got he's got the bod. He's got the bod, and he's a little he's funny. Yeah, like, he's got some jokes there. You know, 
And he's got the dad jokes with the mama bowl, brahma bowl. I appreciate that. The Tony Jr. He's very humble. Like, he's very humble about the fact that he's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that in a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so it's 2021. It is 2021. I think we... I think we got a workshop. I think I want to bring Tony Jr. back. Okay. Because I think that solidifies the DILF. Yeah. And, and again, you do not need, you don't need a kid for dad energy. No. Right? But I think in this case, Tony really closed themselves, or sorry, Kellogg's <laughs> really closed themselves off yeah. from the furry community. So I think they have to build that goodwill by saying, hey, he's a DILF and a dad and a father. But what I think we do need in 2021 is I think we need, um, now you're the Simpsons expert. Yeah. Um, is it Poochie? Oh, Poochie, yeah. I think we need big Poochie energy. Oh, so Poochie dies and goes to his home planet. Well, no, before all that. Okay. He's the radical dude with attitude. Oh, so Tony Jr. comes in, he's I radical. I think he's the radical dude with attitude. I think we capture up on those 90 kids, TM, TM, TM. Oh. And I think we say, look, here's a, who, Tony? He's a salt and pepper boomer. <gasps> oh my. And we we hate the boomers, but inside it's like they're kind of forbidden. <laughs> like, but we love to hate them. And this guy's a salt and pepper, like, and and Tony Jr. is just us, a 90s kid. Yeah. I feel like kids in the 90s would have loved Tony Jr. So is right? Tony Jr. like a child or is he like a young no, adult? No, I think now? he's a young adult. I think he's like us, okay. right? Uh, but like a poochie type. And I think your commercial is, I don't think they got to go to the rodeo. What are, what's like, what's a, uh, they're going to Disneyland. Okay. We're going to, we're a da-da-dilfing it. They're on the Instagram. They're, they're on, on the Dilfing Instagram. They're, and you know what? I think it, you have to be heartwarming with this. So at first, you know, Tony Jr. doesn't really want to ride all the rides with Tony because it's kind of lame. Dad. It's kind of like, uh. but at the end you have like a heartwarming moment where, because Tony, like any other Disney dad, they don't want to pay all the money for the food at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. So they take, they, he has a full cooler. <laughs> and it's milk. It's yeah, frosted it's place. Just... And right in front of that castle, this is like Disney's paying for all this. Right in front of that castle, they're eating. They're eating a cooler the, full of frosted flakes. And, and they have a moment together. I love that. And fireworks go off and it's just great. And then that is, solidifies his role as a dilf and a father yeah yeah i love it i love that because it's not like it's not the pandering is not so intense as to be unpalatable no 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 no. um but people can still sort of like get off to this i and me i would yeah um (laughs) without you know and then you get the whole thing like well the dad yeah yes don't eat dilf but also you have this weird like well tony jr he's probably in his 30s now yeah you know, <laughs> why not? Yeah. <laughs> and twins. <laughs> Another red string. Another one. I think Tony Jr. is a TikTok star. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you bet. Yeah. One of the, like, Tony Jr. is doing a TikTok in front of, like, Mickey. And, and Tony's like, I don't understand. I don't understand this. I don't understand this at all. And then Tony's eating a big, like, turkey leg. And Tony Jr.'s like, well. Oh, you're so embarrassing. You. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Generational. Perfect. Generational Perfect. differences. Perfect. I Disney would eat this up. Yeah. I swear to God. Hey, Disney, call us. Call us. First of all, buy Kellogg's. <laughs> you're buying everything anyway. Or just a partnership. 
or it's just a partnership or just go to Universal is fine. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's how I would. Uh, I love it. Up. I think that's a great modern take on Tony and his son. Speaking of sexuality. Okay. I have a local ad. Mm-hmm. And this is a local ad. I would call, I would call this man, uh, if you are from British Columbia, I would call the man that I'm about to refer to the Dodds Furniture of Washington. Oh. Wherein he is well known for the local ads, the variety of local ads, and the tenacity of local ads. Interesting. I'm talking, of course, about Vern Vonk. I, now I feel I've heard this name. I think you have. I think he he's across airways across the Pacific. Yeah, Northwest. I think that's fair. But I've got a I've got a real sexual one. Okay, well show me the funk. Let's do it. Let's get funky. <laughs> oh my god. Suffer from harried insurance problems? Experience painful side effects. Tired of nicking your way through the insurance process? Use Vern Funk and get the results people notice. I'm a changed man. She's really digging me now. Unpleasantly canceled by your insurance because of a couple of tickets, accidents, DWI? Call Vern Funk Insurance at 1-800-654-SR22. And remember to honk when you drive by Vern Funk. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about all that, folks. <laughs> hey, guys. No dilf energy here. No. The funk don't have the honk. Oh, I would not honk for funk, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot that one of the things is like honk for funk. 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 Funk, funk. Funk for funk, funk. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so in this ad, you know, we have a, a hirsute man and he's being sort of like rubbed on by yeah. a bunch of women. Yeah. And I I love a hirsute man. Love Don't it. get me wrong, Mwah. but this man's energy was bad. <laughs> He had, he's, a, he's an insurance guy. Yeah, And those those insurance guy energy, well, I don't know about that. That can't save anybody. No, 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 no. Uh, and there's a lot of shaving situation. Yeah. You have the, the hair strip. Yeah, he's like shaved the Vern Fonk logo into his back. Yeah, you got the leg shot and it, it's supposed to be red. I think it's supposed to be blood. Yeah, I think that was like the joke. I guess so. I, I don't think there's a lot of red shaving cream out but there. But the end, the end of him looking at the camera... With all the ladies rubbing him. And just the, yeah, like the little noises. <laughs> that Yeah, he breathed. The breathing <laughs> the is breathing so, was so unpleasant. <laughs> Anyways, that, that's Vern Fonk. Um, if you live in the Seattle Linwood area, you've seen him. That made me Fonk comfortable. <laughs> if you've got an ad that makes you Fonk comfortable, you need to email us adcreeps at gmail.com yes please you can also contact us at twitter um at adcreeps and also same thing on instagram Mm -hmm. at adcreeps yeah and if you enjoyed this um and you would like more uh future dill philosophy or similar (laughs) uh hey maybe write us a uh review on apple podcasts just ooh, this is really good on your apple podcast this week if you are writing an apple podcast review and you're giving us five stars just write the name of the mascot dilf brand you would fuck you know what i mean yeah Mr. Clean. But just you can also Mr. say Clean. you like the show if that... No, 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 no. Because no, that no. probably helps. I guess. Um, no. Just put S- Smokey the Bear. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, brother. You know. Jolly Green Giant. Yeah, definitely. Is uh, oh, one of mine wow. for sure. The 
the tuna from Sunkissed Tunas. Huh? Mm? Advertising ruined us. Oh, wow. We're so messed up, y'all. <laughs> okay. I think that's it, right? That's all from us. Until next time, we, we are, are signing, signing off. But the Quaker Oats guy. I, okay, I might be turning around on this one. <laughs> <laughs>